0: Sometimes when you're driving down the road all by yourself you begin to hear a voice that tells you you need to look around pay attention maybe something isn't quite right that voice is me it's the voice of Gord. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Voice of Gord. Got a good guest for you today, Uh, my old buddy, Steady Eddie Plotnikov, the Ice Road Fiddler, multi-instrumentalist, and all-around interesting dude. Gonna fill you all in on this year's Ice Road. Uh, Life as a hippie, fiddling truck driver, descendant of Duke of Bores, and uh, Grand Fork's most infamous son. Real good guy. haven't spoken with him in a while. I don't think Eddie's ever been on a podcast before. Uh, He's a pretty soft-spoken dude, and that'll come across in how he sounds. But I think you guys will enjoy some of his stories. And those of you who follow that are truckers, will just uh, another interesting character uh, to add to the mix. I, I, I really like being able to share interesting people I've met in my life on the road, and Eddie certainly qualifies as one of the more interesting ones. All right, so without any further delay, Steady Eddie Plotnikov. G'day everybody, and welcome to another episode of Voice of Gord. I'm Gord, and this is my voice. The other voice you're going to hear today is of an old friend of mine I haven't talked to in a long time, who's uh, very graciously given us his time to come on the show and give us a little report on Ice Road Season 2023 and tell us all about his very interesting life. Uh, Please welcome to the show, Steady Eddie Plotnikov, The Fiddler. Hello, hello. Thank you for
1: having me here. It's, uh, I'm not, thank you for having me here. I mean, they're usually not a, a talker on the radio, but, uh, Gordon wanted me on so bad. So we've been buddies for a, a long time. Haven't talked to him for, for, for a whole bunch of years, but it's really nice to catch up and see well, it's what been, we're going
0: It's been mostly random text messages back and forth between, yeah, uh, Voice of Gord Studios, and um, where you are in BC or wherever you might be trucking. Uh, I'm catching you at home in Kelowna, correct? Yeah, I got. I just finished
1: Ice Roads about a week ago, so I'm taking a month off and then going to uh, Anhydras, Saskatchewan, and stuff in, uh, in in
0: April. So get some time off. That's good. Right. So how, how, was, how was the season this year? And how, how many years have you been running the ice now? That was my 13th season. And I really didn't have a good season
1: because I don't know why. I started on January 13th, which is a Friday. And my boss said, you sure you want to start on Friday 13th? I said, I don't believe in that stuff. <laughs> but I, but I, had, I didn't have a good year because my truck was broke down half the time. And it was... Yeah, it just wasn't, didn't go smooth. Like, you know, you get you get you a good truck and you get on a roll, go, go, go. But this was just, that wasn't going. So you were you
0: were you up there for West Can again? West Can, yeah. Uh, do I have it correct that they got bought by some Americans, uh, some outfit called Keenan Advantage yeah. Group a few years ago? Yeah, yeah, Keenan Advantage Group, yeah. And
1: and uh, to me, I don't know, it doesn't doesn't make any difference to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> meet 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 the new bosses same as the old bosses
1: yeah they just i just they just give me their loads and and put my time in and you know like uh go go according to the with the, e, the, with the e-logs we got e-logs all all over everywhere
0: how's so. that work on the ice given that you're basically at minimum 16 hours from yellow knife to the mine the
1: rules are simple. You have to get eight hours sleep or birth every day from from midnight to midnight. So as long as you get that, you can just keep driving or whatever.
0: So so basically that... the north did the Northwest Territories change the rules to accommodate the stupidity of the surveillance technology. Yeah, they, they changed the rules a bit. Interesting. But, uh, that... Who's still uh, who, who's who's still running the show in Yellowknife? I'm I'm kind of curious if I remember Let's, any names. We'll,
1: we'll, well, Steve, remember Steve? Yeah, it's, it's Thompson. Thompson. He's he's cool. He's good.
0: Keeps it running good. Who's that other fellow that was running the tank farm there? John and his wife. Uh, she worked oh, in car, the office.
1: Oh, Card oh, oh, Carswell. Car no, he's he's a he's a terminal manager in Edmonton. Oh no for kidding. Last. Yeah, he is for the last uh, eight years or something like that. that
0: that's they a big down. promotion to be like West Ken's big cheese in Edmonton. Yeah, and he kicks butt. <laughs> <laughs> Do, so, define Define
1: Carswell kicking butt. Well, I don't know if I should explain this, but, but I got uh, I was doing anhydrous and I got caught for speeding past uh, you know one of those. Ambulance, where they got to the flight, no, actually it was the cops flashing lights. So I wouldn't go a little too fast past there. And uh, there was another cop right behind them. So that the other cop chased me down and gave me a speeding ticket. And John didn't like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so he fired me. Did you, did you move over? Was this like on some country road in Saskatchewan or yeah, something? Yeah, No, it was just
1: what, Highway 41 or something
0: like that whatever, main, kind of a main highway.
1: Anyways, they fired me for that. He did. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they brought you back for the ice. Well, I waited two years. I did a bunch of other trucking jobs, you know, local, this and that.
0: But then a couple of two years later, I came back. I used to, uh, when I was still living in Canada, I used to get uh, postcards in the mail from West Ken. You know, hey, yeah. you want to come back and work on the Ice Force this year? They'd always show up like, you know, two or three weeks before Christmas, kind of like a Merry Christmas, yeah. Happy New Year, get your yeah. butt back up north. Obviously, the people sending out the postcards weren't paying attention to who they were sending them to. It was just automated, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah well, they're, they're looking for drivers. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: All right. So you, you in particular had – a, a crappy season because the truck breakdowns. What exactly? What exactly in yeah. exactly, the truck was not working for you? The computers. It, all these trucks are run by computers.
1: The transmission fault went on and shut me down for five days. And another transmission fault came off and ABS and who knows what the computer? Only the computer knows what's what's wrong. <laughs> like like twenty years ago it's a truck breaks down you can actually fix it but now a truck breaks down it's it's called about d de, d rating yeah You have no idea no idea what's wrong so you got to get the get it towed, get it towed in
0: yeah crazy so was that with a was that with a, did the truck you were driving have an automatic transmission automatic transmission oh jesus christ really up there
1: Actually, actually, there's only one or two. Every Westcan truck is automatic.
0: Wow. Pretty much. What was Unless, the reason? Except- what was the reasoning behind the Red Army going with automatics? Like all the usual? <laughs> can't find drivers or they just bought them that way just to piss everybody off? Yeah, maybe people don't know how to shift gears. Maybe if Westcan weren't retards and chasing good drivers out the door. And being corporate fucks, maybe they wouldn't have this problem and they could have normal trucks. Well, they got people from
1: every country and, you know, all over Europe, all over, you know, Eastern Europe, Australia.
0: Yeah. I talked to, uh, I had Gavin. on Russia.
1: Right on Gavin. I remember Gavin.
0: Yeah. He's, uh, he's retired from trucking now and he's, uh, working full time for, uh, um, his Murarua Naval Veterans Association, um, Holy. yeah, fighting the New Zealand government, and then during during COVID, he was uh, running around making sure all his uh, uh, you know uh, vets that live by themselves make sure they could get to medical appointments and get their groceries and stuff during New Zealand's insane lockdowns. So Gavin's still doing the hard yards. He's just doing it for his boys instead of in a truck, you know. Top that's, top, that's, top, that's, top quality people, Mr. Smith. Yeah, he
1: seems like that's, that's a pretty busy schedule he's got there. Yeah. He's doing some good good stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, you had uh, computers shutting your truck down. How was the weather up there? Like, how many loads did they get? Like, was the season in general for everybody else pretty good? Pretty good, pretty good. The guys who didn't break down,
1: uh, little Gaucho, remember Gaucho? Yes. And that's a three-day rounder because you go to Hay River and then to, to the mine every, for every trip. That's a three-day trip, right? And so, the guys who were doing good made, well, 16 loads, 16 loads uh, total. That was the best, I think. But to, uh, to dive back, I think the most guys, I hear even close to 30, some of the Sidhu guys. Oh,
0: yeah? <laughs> yeah. Like doing doing rounders out of yellowknife out of the tank farm. Yeah, yeah, that's a two day rounder. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, I think I think If, if I remember correctly, Mr. Sedu there up in Whitehorse still has T eight hundreds and trucks that are meant for men with trans, with normal manual transmissions. I, I, and
1: I, I would say more normal transmissions and, and DEF. I don't think they have DEF and paper log.
0: Yeah, the way it's supposed to be what 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 a coincidence that they actually got things done you have a normal yeah. truck that's built for what it's supposed yeah. to do and um just go get it done i remember yeah. uh, you'll remember my last season on the ice in 2009 yeah uh when uh west Ken had sort of took over rtl and they brought up those uh, mac pentagons or whatever the hell new truck And they kept freezing up. The The, uh, was
1: their pinnacle. Yeah, yeah.
0: the emission control systems on them uh, wouldn't work in the cold. And then they would shut the truck down. You'd just be going down the middle of the ice. And I don't know how many of them things got towed back to Yellowknife, leaving loaded super bees parked in the middle of the lakes. Yeah, just total, total shit show. And then when they did get them to work, I remember talking to one of the Nova Scotia boys about this because I was working for Jim Langell his old 93 Peterbilt with a mechanical four and a quarter cat and every trip from Yellowknife to Diavik and back I would burn between 580 and 620 liters of fuel and these max that West Ken had anywhere from 800 to 1300 liters of fuel per trip to do the exact same thing and that's supposedly the better for the environment <laughs> somehow.
1: <laughs> yeah. As soon as the trucks start, started showing up with deaf, there was problems and every truck just about there has deaf now.
0: Does it do? So Please. did they never, did they not keep all, I remember RTL had all those old max and Western stars. They would store in the backyard and, yep. and only use them either for construction season in the summer or on the ice. And a lot of those old '80s model Western stars with mechanical cats in them did really well. Um, did they get rid of those trucks? They're, actually, they there's still a couple of them
1: left. Get this, I went through seven trucks, you know, because I was breakdown, breakdown. I went through, I got in my seventh truck, and one of them was one of those, and it was a stick shift, 18 speed. That was the best truck, even though I had no no room to move around in. But that was the most reliable truck I had.
0: Yeah, many many such cases. And this is my surprised face. <laughs> yeah, these, these
1: new new trucks, they got they got the anthems now, which are actually they don't have too much problems with the anthems. That's that's another Mac.
0: Yeah, I uh, one of my one of my buddies down here in the States, I'm actually wearing his t shirt, Hellbent Express. Uh, he'll be listening to this. G'day, Jamie. He's yeah. uh he's a he's a Mac enthusiast. He'll be he'll be glad to hear that the anthems did all right up there. They're a little slightly better truck, slightly better truck, more room and. Um. How How was the weather up there? Did you get any wind storms? Did you have any extended stays at Portage Forty Nine? No, just one one storm. It lasted two days,
1: but ended up in in Lockhart. Actually, had a jam session one one day there, so that was pretty cool. Some of it is recorded on uh, Facebook. Trucking in Canada, something like that, Facebook page, go find it there.
0: Nice. How, but how, but the, way, how, the
1: How many of you had instruments? Oh, there was about five guys showed up, Taco Joe and a couple I don't forget the other guys' names. Got some playing then.
0: Nice. For my audience, you're well known for uh being a being a basically a, a, a fiddler and guitarist and multi-instrumentalist. And and Russian. <laughs> and and the descendants of a Duke of War colony. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe you could tell us like how, how it is. Uh like so where, where's your family from? Uh when did you start playing music? How did you get into playing fiddle? how did you get into trucking? Like trace your life story for us a little bit. I grew up in Grand Forks, BC, the Duke of War
1: community, and many people spoke speak Russian there still pretty good and I try just about remember some of it. Actually there was a couple of guys right from Russia. I was able to speak Russian with them. That was pretty cool. Practice my Russian up uh, well I went to school and actually started driving truck. I actually I started I started driving truck for my dad logging truck for two years. And and that two years I learned everything, everything about trucking putting on chains every day. and But now it's uh, everything I learned from those two years. And then I, I, I quit that. I didn't want to be a trucker, so I became a hippie and went to Calgary and just, just hung
0: around. Yeah, you, you, you became a hippie. Yeah. Uh, 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 was that just by osmosis through people you were hanging out with? Or did you yeah. seek, did you seek that out because you were mad at your dad for some reason?
1: Yeah, I, I actually don't know. My nature is to be uh, – I don't know hard to describe. My nature is peaceful, this and that. Well, you're a pretty laid-back guy, Eddie, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty la- laid-back, and it's like some people are really present and a lot of testosterone or whatever. Well, I got a lot of t- – I got pretty much testosterone. I'm, 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 and, uh <laughs>
0: Well, how, hey. So, but, speak. Speak. Speaking of testosterone, how's your wife? How's Elizabeth doing? Oh, she's good. She
1: she's has a uh, she's getting stressed out from work and bookkeeping and stuff,
0: but uh, she's okay. She pretty pretty happy. You're back from being up north for a couple months. Yeah, until she gets gets the desire to boot me out again. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you telling me that uh, didn't you and Elizabeth go team trucking for a little while? Did she get her license? We, she, yeah, we did. Yeah.
1: That was, uh, what year would that be, 2013, 2014? She got her license, and we went trucking for this local company, Long, long Holland in the States and stuff. She did it for about a year until we found out it's not for her. It wasn't for her <laughs> at all because – she didn't know how to shift gears properly automatic. She could drive an automatic, but, uh, and she couldn't back up. That was a nice
0: excursion for about half a year. And then
1: that, that was it for her. So.
0: Right. Well, it's not the, the job's not for everybody. And I guess. That's true. Sometimes those of us who are good at it, make it look easy, but, um, for the, for the average person, maybe it actually isn't easy at all.
1: no. But it's a job I can do because like what is it to get in a truck and go from here, load up here, go unload over there? What's what's the big what's the big brain
0: about that? <laughs> well, I mean, I I remember when I first met you on the ice in two thousand I I, I,
1: I, I know it was on Gordon Lake.
0: That's right, Gordon Lake. <laughs> yeah, me, Gordon, yeah. the lake they named after me. That's um, right. It's the first long lake. So when you leave Yellowknife, you got your 68k out to the meadows, and you start making your way north. Gordon Lake's the first big lake, and I think it's actually an hour from the bottom uh, end of the oh, north end, right? hour and a half. You 41 kilometers. To, you used to uh, put the microphone for your VHF in between your legs to keep the button on, and you'd play fiddle yeah. for us while we were going down the road. Yeah which you can do when you're only doing 17 miles an hour. Or 25 kilometers away. i do not think in miles per hour. Yeah. Well, I, live in the U- I, I live in America now. You'll have to forgive me. And I think most of my you're audience right. is down here. 25K, 17 miles. Either way, yeah. it's very slow. And it takes a long goddamn time to get to the mine. And uh, any entertainment that uh, a fellow can come by is well-appreciated. And the fact you used to play fiddle for us was amazing. Uh you know, if if not fiddling, uh you, you gotta lean out the window and look at the northern lights at night <laughs> or in the mornings. Take in the, the wildlife, the Arctic foxes and caribou and whatnot that might 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 come by. Or 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 the wildlife in Yellowknife at the end of the season. Uh, did you get any get any shows in at the Strange Range or anything at the end of the end of the season? No, because uh I
1: usually walk to town across. remember that lake we walk across and stuff?
0: Yeah, frame lake.
1: Yeah, I got it. I got a sore hip, so I tried to do it and you just get to I can only go about half a kilometer and gets my sore hips get sore. I'm getting that age or something. I'm I'm not gonna tell what age I am or
0: should I? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you just turn sixty here recently? More than that. More than that. <laughs> More than that. Well, I, I remember remember the one year everybody got piled up in Yellowknife because they uh the ice was really bad and then yeah, they kept sending everybody down to Hay River to get loaded and because they were expecting the road to reopen and then it never reopened and they had to unload everybody and it turned into this big cluster and we were all stuck in Yellowknife for like a week and a half.
1: Yeah, that we, was 06.
0: Yeah, you you played a lot of shows. You you were down at Strange Range quite a bit, I think.
1: Yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah.
0: So um, for 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 the listeners out there, how would you describe the Strange Range, aka the uh, Gold Range Hotel? That's cool. I like it there. It's con- it's a country
1: rock band. They have jam sessions there. The locals show up. A lot of uh, native, uh, all kinds, but.
0: I was gonna say, say, I think, I think, I think the indigenous population at the Strange Range, it's like eighty, ninety percent of the
1: crowd, pretty well much, yeah. And and they love that country rock music. That's that's what they like. That's that's what I like too. So
0: and they always have a house band, either locals yeah. or uh, people from down south. Because like yeah. Yellow, Yellowknife's a long way away. It's it's a thousand miles on the road from Edmonton to Yellowknife. Thousand but, miles. Yeah, six sixteen hundred K. Yeah. Did you do any um speaking of Edmonton, did you do any pre-haul like in the summer or, or fall or no? Yeah, I,
1: I yeah, I did some uh well, I did one hydris spring and fall, which is a couple of months each. And then I did some this year I volunteer I kind of volunteered or elected to do some pre-haul from Edmonton to Kamloops, some
0: to Vancouver, calling fuel. Oh okay, did you uh did you get badged up and all that stuff, or were you depending on? Uh, yeah, well, you know how
1: you get badged up. You got to do ten loads like that. I got my badge for Petrocan, so
0: are they are they are they or are they? They're called Suncor now or something. I seem to recall Sun Suncor Petrocan. Yeah. No, so yeah, you're too old. You didn't want to spring for a taxi, so no, no, no fiddling in yellow knife at the end of the season this year. Something like that, yeah. Have you got? I, I remember one time you, you you drove your van all the way to Newfoundland and did a tour, just playing fiddle yeah. all over the place. Uh, have you done? Have you done that again, or what? What have you, what you no, been doing music wise outside of trucking? I've been kind of just playing in my bedroom closet and
1: I, I, <laughs> and, and, and busking because my stepdaughter. I was promoting my stepdaughter. She's got a couple uh an album on on Spotify and I was promoting her. She's one of her backup guitar musicians. She writes songs and they are very good, super good quality recording songs. What what's her name?
0: Megan Friedman. Friedman. Uh, so um, uh, who's who, who's still running up north? I mean, I haven't I haven't been up there in forever. Is it still the usual gang of newfies coming out every year? Or? Actually, this year was
1: quite a few less newfies, Newfoundlanders, and for West Can, some of the older guys show up, but not as many. And I would say the average age of West Can on ice road is sixty. Really. Yeah, a lot, a lot of old-timers show, showing up.
0: Wow. Compared
1: to compared to, to Cibu, the average age is 40, 50, something like that.
0: Wow, so not, not very many young guys up there. Not as many young guys.
1: A lot, a lot of people from different countries like uh, Ukraine, Poland, france you know all that all those european countries so
0: so what west can still doing the immigration thing they don't uh they don't believe in paying people more uh trying to get young guys it's just uh let's do global homogeneity let's suck the labor out of every other country with no regard for your own people and no regard for the needs of the country from which you're you're taking these folks um, automatic transmissions and warm bodies from all all around the world, eh? Yeah,
1: and it's all, all kinds. Of, it's like you know, you go going you know on Star Trek or uh, Star Wars, you, you go to the lunchroom or the the bar scene. All, <laughs> the, all, all, all these different uh, characters, all these different creatures. There, there's everybody's to, so so different, you know. <laughs> that's what it's, that's what it's like to me.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I mean I mean the, 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 there's there's
1: I'll, I'll, I'll tell you there's one place where nobody is from from the US no US drivers.
0: Interesting.
1: That that's interesting, isn't it?
0: Yeah, well you, you, I think there must be some weird perception down south about uh trucking up north um which is actually incorrect that like we don't get paid enough for Canadian money sucks. I mean Canadian money does suck, but I always made way more money when I was out west. When I was in BC and Alberta, up north, yeah. uh, pulling do, doing the Super B thing out in the woods, I, I made more money up there than I ever made anywhere else. And Same, same, same. To me, the west guy is pretty well the best place that I can make more money. The, the guys down here, I mean, you can make money in the U.S. as long as you're doing over the road and you're hauling specific things. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I I work local hauling logs and they don't, they don't pay anything. It's garbage money. I'm making, I'm making the same same amount of money now as I did. I was in high school. It's uh, kind of, kind of pathetic actually. But, you know, I got, I got two little kids at home, so I've made the decision to sit tight and stay local. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Nice to
1: be with the, with the kids until they get a certain age or something.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, hope, hopefully, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but there's some people who think our jobs will be automated away soon enough, but I'm, I remain. Well, yeah. Trucks are drive themselves. Yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> see, we'll, we'll see about that. I, I mean, I'm, I, I would be somewhat skeptical that uh that would take place somewhere like the ice where, you know, you're negotiating portages, uh, conditions, uh, snow, I just I don't know. I'm skeptical won't no, 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 be no. able to do anything up there.
1: I I I could only see it like on this on the freeways in in the U.S. or something where everything is pretty more more planned out or something.
0: No, yeah. but not up there. No. Any uh any any other any anything else up there uh, happen up there this year of note?
1: I went in the snowbank once. I'm not proud <laughs> of
0: that. <laughs> I remember we when you, I remember when you fell asleep in front of the the fishing camp on McKay Lake. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, a good you one. Went, you went you went you went surfing with that old T A hundred. You 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 had, you had her you had her in there and up there on a pretty good angle.
1: That was a, you um, know, yeah. I, I was noticing myself going to snowbank, so I stepped on the throttle and even you know, went further. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I remember. I think. I think you got uh, rescued by Ralph Noseworthy, didn't he come up and pick, pump you out? Yeah,
1: yeah. Is, and, uh, does, had, does Ralph right there, still work the, up there? I Haven't seen him for a whole bunch of years. Mm-hmm. Well, I no, I, just, I saw him. Uh, well, Ralph, I
0: saw him last year. Yeah, Ralph was up
1: there last year, but not this year.
0: Okay. How did um, how how did ice how did ice road season work under um. The silliness of the COVID regime in two thousand and oh, so, twenty one and twenty
1: two so 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 stupid. They had a uh, se- segregated rooms, and if you're not vaccinated, you can't go into the thing and into the lunch room. The nose nose testing, uh, nose jabs was uh, ridiculous.
0: Wow. Th- this year here there there was
1: none, none of that this year, but last year they were just really freaked out about any COVID stuff.
0: Right. Did anybody up there test positive or get sick or anything? Well, actually, there was. They had COVID
1: jail, and I was in there because they I tested positive, even though I didn't hardly felt a thing. Just a little bit of achy for a couple of days. That was it. But they wanted me to, to lock me up for two weeks in there. Ended up being only one week, but uh, there Would was... They have
0: given you the option to say. Um, get fucked. Like, if 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 like, I I'm trying to understand how they the the logic of locking someone away up there. I would have just got in the truck and drove back to Edmonton. And told them to go fuck themselves. I don't know. That's just what I did. I I don't because I don't mind a day off at
1: all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, if uh, you know, my my days off, I I totally enjoy my days off. So. Because I'll get through the season somehow.
0: Yeah, well, I guess I, the the thing with ice road is, yeah, you end up working so many hours and so hard. When you do get yeah. a, a, a storm shut down and you get stuck at Lockhart or Yellowknife or at the mine, you know it's good. You can sleep in. I like that. Do do yeah. do some laundry. Um, because you know you, you might not get another day off for two or three weeks. You know. I know you don't you don't get in my sleep up there. 'Cause you gotta work like
1: the eight hours, but you can split that into uh eight and six or something, four and four. So you get six hours and that's pretty good, but not quite 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 that good. And then you gotta get two hours somewhere else, and but you gotta just keep going and going to, to make it worthwhile.
0: Right. So the mines that are still in business, uh Divec, your caddy still going. Is the caddy still yeah. going? Yeah. But I hear some of those
1: dive back is shutting down in a couple of years or something like that. I hear stories.
0: Well, I mean, you know, those Kimberlite deposits, once once they run out, they run out, right? Like, suit, yeah. It depends on how much progress they're making. You know, it's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about this because you were up there and you, you, you'd know the score. Uh, I remember reading about BHP Acadi hit its, like, Apogee, you know, they got their highest production year, and then every year after is going to be winding down, winding down, winding down. And eventually a caddy will close. I think I think they're going to close before all the rest of them, but
1: yeah, yeah. I heard a caddy might be shutting down, but misery is still going. And I think they found another diamond my diamond thing close to gaucho or something. I don't I'm just guessing, you know. All right, Snap is Snap Lake still going? It was very, very slow. They were hauling equipment out of there, I think they're kind of
0: shutting it down I don't even know the
1: exact details.
0: huh, interesting. Did you get up did you get up to any of the North stuff up on Contuito Lake?
1: No they shut they haven't done that for a whole bunch of years. They have nothing has been up to Lupin or or Jericho.
0: And I guess I, I I I would take it then that they never went forward with that Bathurst inlet project either.
1: No, no, nothing, nothing up there. Just the three the three mine one servers the three mines, and that was it.
0: All right. Well, so you had, you had, you had a other other than truck breakdowns, you had a fairly typical season. Lot lots of new people from all over the world. Automatic transmissions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hauling in hydrous around Saskatchewan, which I did for two springs. Um, what, what have you been doing otherwise? I mean, I remember you had a band going for a little while, right? Yeah, I had bands in the past and stuff we used to play. and But I'm not playing as
1: much because uh, my fingers are slowing down, whatever. But uh, I'm just learning a new guitar style. And What's I got that? into this speed picking, shredding. I'm, I'm very a beginner at it. Like I'm it's like I'm starting guitar all over again,
0: right? But you've been playing instruments. Like when what, what year did you start playing guitar and playing fiddle? Like when you were a kid, or maybe when no, you were start, on this, this hippie commune in Calgary? Yeah, when I was about twenty, I
1: started playing. I started playing banjo because I I just kept hearing this fast picking music. I go for a walk and I just hear music, music going hundred miles an hour. So it it would, must have been the banjo, so I picked up the banjo and tried picking on that, and then I picked up the fiddle and then and the guitar. Well, the guitar was just, like, recording, but... And in my musical career, I've recorded three three full albums, and two of them are on Spotify. Right, and I just, think anybody, I remember
0: you sending me a link for if, that if, once.
1: If anybody's interested, go to Eddie Plotnikoff, and on Spotify, iTunes, uh, they're on YouTube, a whole bunch of those social media sites. Yeah, I'll,
0: I'll, uh, I'll dig the links up and put them in the show notes, and then people can go check out your music. I mean, yeah, I got it. it's not it's not quite the same as hearing it when you're sat at 25 kilometers an hour on the cruise control on Gordon Lake no. with uh, Caribou in the distance and whatnot. Yeah, because well, you can only play for about two minutes
1: before I started going into the snowbank, but,
0: uh, <laughs> and you, uh, you said you did lots of busking. Um, I, I, I seem to recall you, you financed a trip around Europe one summer doing that. Yeah. I
1: went, went to Europe, but I
0: forget what year it was. Oh, nine, maybe even.
1: I'm not, not sure exactly. And, uh, went there by myself and just stood on the, on the, on the sidewalks and seen some buskers so I said well I could do that I'll just play fiddle here all day and making a couple hundred euros a day that's pretty cool
0: that's pretty good that's pretty good beer money man
1: yeah the one time I I, I didn't have enough fare for the for the train so I bused for half an hour and made, made enough made my money <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: What countries did you get covered when you were in Europe? Where did you go? Went to England and then I took a the
1: boat across the channel to, to is it France or somewhere? And then I went to Germany. I went to Italy. I was spent a couple of days in Venice and then Switzerland. Uh what's that town in Switzerland?
0: Did you go to did you go to Davos and uh no, find no, out what not, the WEF were doing?
1: <laughs> no. I, I didn't, didn't know what about them, but uh, well, Switzerland and France. And actually, you know, the most in, interesting thing was going on those speed trains, Tregron (TGV), TG, TGV. You know how fast they go? Three hundred kilometers an hour.
0: That's pretty quick. But I I couldn't believe how fast we were going on those things. An interesting dichotomy: going from super slow on the ice to super fast on those trains. Yeah, we're going there's Cars go hundred kilometers an hour, right?
1: When we're passing, this like passing those cars, like it's nothing.
0: Toured you toured Europe, you toured Newfoundland. Um, you you had you had a, you had a band going in Kelowna for a little while. What, what else? Well, what Grand Forks, Grand, Grand Forks, Kelowna. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you still go out to Grand Forks
1: and visit, folks? Yeah, once every you know, a few months or so, visiting my
0: brother and sisters and family right. and stuff. And you, and you were, you mentioned earlier that you are part of a Dukabor community. Maybe you could describe that a little bit more for us and the, the, where they came from in Russia, how they ended up in Canada. Uh, the sort of, I think there's a bit of a story about how the Dukabor started off in Saskatchewan and then ended up in BC. Yeah. Well, it's a, there are like some like the Hutterite
1: or uh, Quakers, you know peaceful community, hardworking down- to earth people, living close to the like, Christian is the you know basic thing and toil and peaceful life. And we, had, we didn't want anything to do with war or guns. so we we got kicked out of Russia, went to around, was from around the Black Sea area, most of us. Rostov, Nad Danu, Rostov, and the Don ended up, uh, got, got in a boat to Halifax and then ended up in Saskatchewan, quite a bit of us, and some of us ended up in Casgar, Grand Forks, started communities. And it was very poor then because that would have been about the 1920s or so, 1910, 1920s. And it, that was like the Depression era, but The Dukabors prospered because we were self-community, self-sufficient, always fighting with the government. So very
0: religious. In in what way? Why? Why? Why were you? Why were you fighting the government? Why was the government giving the Dukabors a hard time? Because they wanted us to to not be so prosperous or something. I don't know. (laughs) I I thought I thought there had to be there's something to do maybe with conscription in World War II as well. Because I as I understand it, the Dukabors are pacifists and won't fight. Yeah, that's that's part of the deal. Yeah, so were the were the two communities, the one in Saskatchewan and the one in BC, uh, started at the same time? Uh, as I seem to recall, the Saskatchewan uh, Dukabors got kicked out. So did they go to meet the oh, existing Duke? No, no, community? No, 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 they're, no they're, they're they're all still there. They're all still there. Just they they got
1: assimilated with the Western, like all that communal communal living is all pretty well broken apart. At, at this point, everybody's intermingled with uh, with the rest of the uh, cultures. It's just not a not as strong of a connection that these days, even though we, we try to keep the tradition, but the tradition is slowly withering away being assimilated.
0: Many such cases. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think I've ever been to Grand Forks. I've been to Castlegar a couple of times, but not long enough to sort of get to know the locals or are uh, very much about the Dukabors at all.
1: And a lot of us still still speak Russian. That
0: I, I forgot lots. I should
1: practice more. But a lot of my buddies they speak pretty good. Still speak pretty good Russian. So it was really nice to speak to some really nice some Russian guys there. Hey, Mujik, Kakavas, Tilly Pius, and (laughs) Deklenki. What's that mean? How's it hanging? (laughs) Down to your knees, whatever.
0: (laughs) There's been a lot of uh, anti Russian sentiment in the media, especially in the last year uh, because of the goings on in the Ukraine. You know the well, the, that, well that,
1: that there well there plus there's also so much information, disinformation that I don't believe anything that go what that what they say on the news, it's all pretty well propagandized.
0: Yeah, right. No, you got you got that right. But um what I was gonna say is so my mother in law here in Ithaca, New York is a teacher, much like my wife is. And I don't, maybe it was her, maybe it was somebody else in the community was telling me about this student, this young girl, maybe 12 or 13 years old, really, really practicing her English. And I don't know if, like I say, if it was my mother-in-law or someone else was telling me this story about how this young girl who'd recently immigrated from Russia and she was complimented you know, by my mother-in-law or whoever else told me this story about how well she spoke English and how her accent had like really sounded like a local for how short a time she'd been here. And this girl said, well, if I speak with a Russian accent or I speak Russian, you know, every time I turn on a TV, they're saying bad stuff about Russia, they're saying bad stuff about Vladimir Putin and people look at me funny and like i don't have anything to do with vladimir putin i just want to get along so i'm trying to not be russian you know that that animus that sort of attitude out there in the zeitgeist actually it sort of it, it affects people that live here that are from russia that have absolutely mm-hmm. nothing to do with what's going on over there or any you know a political connection to any of that at all and the, the, they they feel they feel that animosity in the air, you know, which is terrible. They shouldn't. They shouldn't feel it because everybody's different.
1: And so what? Just get along, anyways. I, I don't feel that at all. If when anywhere I go, I don't feel any
0: any people want to attack us. We're different. How did How did you manage? I mean, you said you got you know COVID jail when you are on the ice because I am assuming you didn't take the uh, gene therapy into your life.
1: No, I didn't. I didn't take that. Can, can we say
0: that the jab, the gene therapy? Yeah, I didn't either. I I I, I
1: just I, I just did. Uh, actually, I figured out a way how to make hydroxychloric mean from oranges and <laughs> grapefruits, and uh, I had actually I had some ivermectin with me, and uh, the COVID. It was like just a couple of days of a couple of aching muscles, and that was it. There was there was nothing
0: really. Yeah, i i got it I've got it twice. I mean, I've tested positive. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, but I mean, hundred degree temperature for about thirty six hours. Uh, yeah, felt, t- felt tired for a couple of days, and that was it. It was literally, you know, th- three four days of which only one and a half or two of them I felt really bad, you know, and then it but what's
1: what's What's going on now? Because nobody is getting really sick COVID. Did everybody's immune system catch up or did the vaccine work or what? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? And I hear the only people who are getting sick from COVID are the people who are vaccinated. I'm hearing stories. story. That's the only ones that are getting the COVID these days.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's right right thinking people should just move past this because respiratory viruses have been with humanity since forever we're we're always going to have them yeah um you can't i mean you can try and manage mother nature but you have to sort of balance balance that with uh you know letting people be and we seem to have forgotten that in the last couple of years for sure you know especially in canada like i i went home and took part in the freedom convoy and I don't. I don't know what was going on. I, I guess. Oh, no, the one, the, the one in Ottawa. You went. Yeah, you, 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 you were probably in COVID jail up on the ice. Yeah, right. and I was with the guy facilitators. He was up there.
1: He oh yeah, Colin, Colin Valentin. He was. He was one of the speakers at the Vancouver rally, but he was uh, up on the ice roads. Oh no. And right. he was in, and he was in COVID jail with me. And he was not jabbed, but he didn't feel
0: anything, just a, just a sniffle or that's about it. COVID gel. Yeah, you remember, Um. so someone else have been trying to get on the show just because his life is very interesting and he's done lots of cool stuff. Ran the ice with us was Jamie. You remember Jamie Gravel? Oh, great Jamie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. West. Well, yeah, we call him West these days. He went to go work at that iron ore mine up on Baffin Island. I was interested in that too at one point yeah he uh he went up there he's been working there now for oh man five or six years anyway i don't I don't want to give away too much I don't want to get him in trouble but some of the some of the things I've heard about how Baffinland handled covid would uh, make your head spin some of the crap they did to the people up there and really? just various other things yeah yeah i'' I'll, 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 I'll let Jamie explain it He's going he's gonna to come on the show here one of these days. Yeah, his uh, his, his 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 girlfriend's daughter has been sick with cancer. And, you know, he's been going – he's been on that fly-in, fly-out schedule and then dealing with his, you know, his stepdaughter's sickness. And, yeah, life's been hard, and it's been difficult to, like, line up a time with him. But uh, we'll get – mm, we'll, yeah. we'll, I'm going to get him on here eventually. But, yeah, the whole – the last couple of years – you know, for a gentleman like yourself, who's, you know, uh, laid back, but skeptical and not taking any shit from the government, you know, curious uh, well, what, I, what, I, what, what I, you think and how you've been handling it all.
1: I'm a, I'm a conspiracy theorist and <laughs> put, it, put, put it this way. I know about every conspiracy, but I, I usually don't talk about some people are not able to handle Talking about conspiracies. Another name for conspiracy theorists is a bullshit detector. <laughs> well, there seems to be, and I could tell when people are lying, like on CNN or whatever. Turn on the news; it's yeah, pretty well ninety-nine percent. You got what? What really they're saying that?
0: Yeah, it's... <laughs> I think that's just about anybody. With a couple of brain cells left to rub together, uh, watching the mainstream media and what a shit show. My entire adult life, it's just been a shit show, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh, nine eleven, Bush invading Iraq. Yeah. Just uh, the financial crisis. You know the the yeah well these
1: well, the, yeah
0: well, these days it's, it's not it's the same
1: like uh, the the vote the voter. Biden actually getting elected? Or, no, that's, that's, that's not, that's, that's crap. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the January 6th, that's another,
0: that's another, uh, what do you call it? Bullshit story. Well, what they've done is they've tried to, they're using those guys as uh, they're just being punished. They're being used as, um as an example. They're making an example out of them. If you question the regime if you uh, make yourself uh, heard, they're just gonna, you know, th- th- throw you away. A lot of those guys have never got any kind of trial or anything, and all they yeah. did was like walk through Congress after cops opened the doors for them, and now they're yeah. now they're being treated like uh, suspected terrorists from Afghanistan. Yeah, and, you and know the whole Kamala's- thing. The whole thing. The whole thing about Guantanamo Bay. I-, I might, I might lose a few listeners over this one, but it's the truth, and therefore needs to be said. I think only something like 825, 800-ish people ever got sent to Guantanamo Bay. And over the course of the 20 years it's been open, 90% of them got let out eventually without any charge. So basically, the U.S. government was just rounding up anybody they could get their hands on in Afghanistan, uh, whether they had evidence on them or not. And uh, over the the years, very quietly, drip, 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 a bunch of those guys all got let out and sent back home or sent to other countries. And I think right now they're down to like 70 or 80 people that were the actual folks they were looking for. And Hmm. uh, 90% of the people that got rounded up and sent to Gitmo, totally innocent, uh, spent 10, 15, 20 fucking years there for no reason at all and the media don't yeah. talk about it right you have to like it's on it's on page uh, 37 of the newspaper at the very bottom or whatever website um, that's not mainstream news it's real it's legit it's you know it's a press release from the government saying we let these guys out but the media doesn't take that press release and air it out to everybody to say, hey we have a problem here um, we went we went too sure. far with Guantanamo they just ignore it you have to go looking for that kind of information you know well it's the, the
1: biggest thing i find is censorship censorship is big time there's things you cannot say and the news media won't, won't cover stuff
0: yeah well you know they've got um they they're, they're not they're not the news they're the regime stenographers they're the marketing yeah marketing department for or uh, for
1: pro- pro- propaganda
0: yeah, state state corp- at, state state at, corporate at, overlords at,
1: at, and i would say in my perspective about 90% of the population everywhere is infiltrated with their propaganda and it's and it's
0: uh well they a, there's I'm, so I'm, there's I'm, so I'm, much I'm, of it there's such there's such humongous walls of it and just waves upon waves upon waves when you grow up around it and it's all around you it's it's hard to fight it all off, you know. It's, it's you have constant vigilance. I know, even when your
1: family or your friends, they're 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 infiltrated by that, and you say something against that. It's not a very pleasant conversation.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I know all uh, about that. I've uh, had a few people say nasty things about me behind my back because I stood up for the freedom convoy, and then. Yeah. you know a year a year later and all the stuff the media said was proven to be false and lies and, and yeah. they're still try they're still trying there was this uh you know this group called the Ottawa Citizens Coalition or something that are still saying there was violence at the freedom convoy long after all the cops come out and said there was nothing the public order emergency commission all the evidence came out there was nothing but uh, there's some people that um, they 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 advance a narrative based on being victims, and that we yeah. owe them something, and that these people, everybody's just a fascist. And this, this 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 these guys put out a press release here, talking about all the violence that happened in Ottawa, and it's like, guys, this is, everybody knows you're lying. Like who? What? What are you trying to do yeah. by saying this stuff? You know, f- fifteen months later after. Uh, multiple sessions in Parliament, the Public Order Emergency Commission, all these inquiries, where all of it was proven, and these guys are still pushing the lie. You know, they can't, yeah. they can't let go of it. Well, just like the January sixth, they just
1: push the lie, push the lie, and they can't get past that. No, there was no nothing like that, and then this Trump being indicted,
0: like really. Well, you know, um, he's living up to his uh, a reputation as being a real estate mogul. He's been living rent free in their heads forever, and I mean, he's not even president. <laughs> he, he's not the president, and yet they still attack him, and everything is still about yeah. Trump. Like yeah. the guy, the guy burrowed so far into their brains that they now can't live without him, and they have to keep yeah. invoking this like this threat, like, "Oh no, Trump's going to take over. We have to." And they have to keep throwing stuff at him. You know, I'm ambivalent about Trump. I don't care. You know, I'm, I I can't even vote here. Whatever. It just It's just so interesting to me the, the way the media have been completely, you know, he, he parasitized them. Like he was literally like that, like in Star Trek, Wrath of Khan, they put that insect larvae reptile thing in the guy's brain and just he would do whatever he was told. You know, it's Trump and the media. He 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 just he just took over their brains, and they haven't been able to let go. Uh, you know,
1: anybody who's who attacks, who's got that Trump derangement syndrome, they must think that Biden is he's the best. Then, of course, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, why do they talk about how good Biden is doing?
0: Like, he's just a complete f up. Well, I mean, he, he's just a placeholder for the regime. Or so um, There's a lot of people who rightly view what's going on in Western society these days as managed decline. Um, all, of the, <laughs> all of the chickens are coming home to roost, um, sending everyone's jobs to Mexico and China and Southeast Asia and Africa, wherever, and um, de- debasing the working and middle-class um, financial effery, uh, sh- shoveling money at 20 years of the war on terror, shoveling money now the ukraine so the neocons and the cold warriors can get their get their warmongering jollies and uh, everything is like falling apart in slow motion and so all they're doing is yeah. managing managing the decline uh biden's just and, the it,
1: and, 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 and it is declining one of the things that's that's the decline of of this society is uh all these drag queen uh, story hours for kids, like really LBGTQ, like there's actually a lot of violence happening with, with that. I I'm looking at, I'm seeing like, why would anybody send their kids to see this man dressed up as a woman?
0: It's, it's not age appropriate. I um, am. It it, it defies, it defies uh, common sense. Actually one thing that's
1: interesting is you know you know Chris Skye? Yes. Guess what he's doing? Running for mayor of Toronto. I heard that, yeah. I think that's gonna be cool if he gets in because he he's he's one of those uh patriots, like a
0: warrior patriot. Well, he just doesn't take any crap from anybody and he sees through everything, right? Um Yeah. And and Toronto is interesting because I mean, you know, Rob Ford was mayor, so why not Chris Skye? Yeah. And the, the, the thing is is the toronto city council and their local government you know these are th- these are died in the wool ndp commie type people never met a meeting they didn't like talk everything to death accomplish nothing let let the, let the city fall apart around them um, get get nothing done tackle nothing serious but man they're they're real good at social signaling about bs that only they care about um, and then, you know, the media are all in their pockets. So, you know, I, I don't, I only know Chris Sky because he, you know, fought back against the COVID regime. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he's,
1: he's kicking, he's kicking butt. Like I'm paying it. I'm watching. He's, he's got a daily, uh, comment on telegram
0: and he's kicking butt. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, it would be, it'd be interesting it, it would, if nothing else, if, if he won the mayoral race in Toronto, it would annoy all the right people. Yeah, um, which is uh, a value in and of itself. Well, that's what that's what Trump that he's that's what Trump is
1: doing. He's annoying all the right people.
0: Right. Well, I mean, you know, we we have we're, we're ruled by this like technocratic managerial expert class who just they they've they, they sniff their own farts. They think they know better than everybody else, and n- none of them have got a connection to like the real world really. They, they live in their own little crystal castles and, you know, they're kind of, they parasitize the taxpayer. And, you know, like I say, they're decline managers and they're not even, yeah. they're not even doing that very well. So, you know, if someone like Chris guy gets elected. Good. I, I don't even, I don't yeah. even care. I don't even care if Chris guy's a good politician or if he even does a good job Ann- a- annoying yeah. those people and making them that'd freak be, out is is, is a valuable thing. Per- Perfect, perfect. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> what's happening in BC? You guys got this Jack Meat Singh motherfucker from Vancouver propping up Trudeau. What's uh, what's what's going on in BC politics? What's happening out there? I I don't I haven't paid too much uh, attention.
1: Uh, I don't even know. I don't pay attention to, to local politics. <laughs> it's
0: just I don't know. No idea. I guess I guess um, you're probably you're, you're not too local because you're always on the road, going here and there and everywhere. You know.
1: Somewhere, yeah, yeah. But I, I should pay more attention to local stuff, but I my brain just goes to global stuff.
0: <laughs> uh are you still living in the same house, uh next to the Hells Angels? Yeah. Yeah. Are they still your neighbors? Well, actually about a month ago,
1: they went to court and they kicked him out. Who kicked, kicked them the out? Hell's, the BC government, I or one of the government whatevers
0: city of Kelowna, maybe
1: no not the city it was
0: it was the government why what why what did they why why did they have to get kicked out were they not paying their bills I, or something? I, or
1: they're, they're paying their bills but I, it's something to do with that they're bad criminals and we should just get not have them allowed allowed to congregate or whatever
0: I mean the, the government accusing people of criminality is is pretty rich especially these days. Yeah, well yeah point the finger and the three pointing back at you <laughs> <laughs> so true brother so true so what have you got cooking what do you what do you, what do you got planned for uh the, the the rest of the year now that we have some nicer weather what are you gonna be up to
1: hang out and I gotta do I gotta do some therapy on my hips because I gotta do the exercises get my hips back in line then on hydras and then for the summer I'll, I'm gonna see Maybe I'll drive a bit. I should probably just take the summer off, and that's what I want to do—is some busking.
0: Yeah, well, I can't imagine. You know, it would probably be good if uh, you you took the summer off from sitting in a truck and worked on your hips. You know. Yeah, well, I'm taking
1: a month off, and I'm going to go seeing this uh, physiotherapist kind of guy. I'm doing uh, some strength training and stretching and. That seems to help. Seems seems to be helping. Good. Oh, you're breaking out the fiddle. Should I play something? Yeah. No. By all means, sir. Go for it. Oh, here here's a song that I wrote while I was on the ice roads. It's it's, it's called I don't know why I call it Snagit It but here's one here's one of them. something like that well I, actually that's one of my songs on uh, on my spot on spotify you find my a whole bunch of songs on there and they're all original songs
0: could you hey are you taking requests sure maybe i, I got i got i got i got some homeboys down south uh the, the florida and virginia i got i got some buddies online Uh, Real Southerners, maybe uh, blow some Seminole wind? I'll just play it. I won't sing it, but... just the beginning part of it. Right. No, f- fond memories of the Gordon Lake sessions yeah. and um many nights at the Gold Range Hotel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to send this show to my, remember my old friend, Jilly? Jilly,
1: Jilly, Jilly.
0: She had like dreadlocks and a couple of dogs.
1: Oh, wait a minute. She was one of the locals that lived in the-
0: Yeah. She lived in Yellowknife. I was sort of seeing yeah, her yeah. for a little while one winter.
1: Yeah. And she, she, she jammed what, a couple of times or something. Yeah. That yeah. Ride, I guess
0: uh, her, her, her and her, her and her husband. um I think, I think they, they, they live in Anuvik now. Anuvik oh, or Tuktuk. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't talked to her in forever. I guess at the start of all this nonsense, I was just asking her how life was. I always keep in touch with her, send her pictures of my pickup truck. She always really liked my truck and I still have it. <laughs> Um, you know, it, all 530 odd k on the clock. Yeah, she's in. She, she's up north somewhere. I'm gonna have to send her this. So anyway, hey Jelly, how's it going? Did you ever get up that way at all? Did West can't ever send no, you?
1: I actually had a load just before the ice roads because we were pre-hauling, uh, and we run out of one kind of a load. So my boss in Calum said, "You want to go to Anubik? And I said, "Sure." But that didn't pan out, so that would have been so cool.
0: Yeah, there's a guy I work with up on uh, up in Alberta. He's a Nova Scotia dude, and he's working for AFD again, and he's up in their Whitehorse office, and he was hauling a lot of fuel up to Inuvik and Tuktoyuktuk. And uh, I heard from him a couple of years ago they finished the road. He used to only be able to get to Tuk. From Anuvik on an ice road, but I guess they uh they built an all weather road from Anuvik to Tuktyuktuk, so you can get to Tuk all year round. Cool. Yeah, I,
1: yeah, that was only like a short window of about uh three or four days, and it just didn't pan out. So that would have been so cool. Next time you go,
0: you gonna are you are you gonna go back up there? Have you ever? Ever thought about like applying to go work for SEDU or, you know, maybe one of the Alberta or Saskatchewan farmer guys that go up no. north on the ice? Because like sounds to me like Westcan's hopeless. Like I don't I don't know why you're still working there. I don't know. It's easy. What can I say? <laughs> but uh, they they have this
1: hall that's in uh Baffin Island, right on the Arctic Circle, somewhere. That the ice road season. It starts in April, May. So I was thinking of doing that, but maybe next year for ARS.
0: Alan Scraba. Wow. Is that guy still kicking around?
1: I have no idea. I don't don't know. I just see the ARS trucks. All
0: right. Who are those other guys up there with the blue trucks? I thought I heard they went out of business or something. Ventures West.
1: Adventures West shut down like uh six years ago or something like that. So just one day shut down. And then there's Blue Diamond, Sadoo, ARS, and then a bunch of contractors sort <laughs> of so, <laughs> gonna,
0: gonna break out into another gym. No, I I uh, was
1: playing guitar and I, and I actually created a song that I've uh, that I wrote on guitar this this year. It's not finished, but I'll probably make if you, can I can I play it? I'll probably make a lot of mistakes, but uh,
0: no, go play for it, it, man. Go for it. Can you hear that? Again?
1: <laughs> all
0: right thanks i'm
1: just working on that so i want i wanted to play that so
0: there right. right. No, thanks. No, I appreciate it. It's good. Good to hear you, jam again.
1: Yeah, I'm. i always got my little little guitar that I take with me. I'm, I'm not sure if you can see it, but I always always take it with me.
0: Right. Well, hopefully you get your hips all fixed up and you can do it. Do Do another round, uh, and the bars and yellow knife at the end of the season. Yeah. I I haven't uh, been up there in so long. I I miss it. I, I really miss up north. A eh? different different world yeah, up there.
1: It is yeah. It's like going back to the old old days and so many different uh, like with all this internet and Facebook and social media. Nobody's on the same page anywhere here. You know what I'm saying? Like before, you everybody used to watch the same. Shows used to be in sync with everybody's. I don't know even what I'm saying, but
0: I... no, I think what you're, you're what you're speaking to is uh, atomization, and how that's been accelerated by uh, the sort of boutique lives we can live online. And there's not yeah, like a there's, except... not, there, there's not like a cohesive national culture that unites us anymore. Everyone's just off doing their own little thing, you know.
1: I know, like you go into a lunchroom or anywhere. 90% of the time, people are looking at their cell phones.
0: Because they, Gel- they have... Guilty as uh, charged. I, I do that. <laughs> exa-
1: exactly. And uh they they have Wi-Fi at Lockhart and some Wi-Fi right up at Gaucho Mine and all, all over uh, Yellowknife, so everybody's online. Yeah, we're, we're going to have like... Our necks are going to be pointing down all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the next the next the next stage of human evolution our our spines Cr- are cur- curled over even more yeah right all right well eddie thanks very much for your time man i, I appreciate you coming on and filling us in a little yeah. bit and right on I-, I hope uh i hope i hope you and elizabeth uh, have an enjoyable little bit of time together before you head off to saskatchewan great yeah are you, are you gonna do anhydrous there out of Saskatoon or Edmonton or usually this
1: doesn't matter it's not, either Saskatchewan or peace block so it, anywhere they're all the same I was just pick up a load drop it off over there so
0: stay in touch let me know how you're doing if you ever end up on this side of the continent yeah think, yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of fiddlers around here that's a a, the the town I live in, there's lots of people into like Americana and like down home, you know, uh, folk and country tunes. There's a big cool. music, there's a big music festival here called Grassroots. Uh, my in laws go to it. We go every summer. Uh, bands from all over the place. Uh, a little bit more ear speed. Um, my my father in law is friends with this guy named Richie Stearns, who's a very well renowned banjo picker. And he plays around all the time. I think. I I think if you came here and hung out for a little while, you you play tunes and have a good time, man.
1: Yeah, in the West Coast, there's not too much fiddlers fiddling, as opposed to going to like Nova Scotia or Newfoundland. Certainly, see that more of that, way more of that, over there on the West Coast. It's it's like it's a treat to see a fiddler. All right. Well, it's been a treat having you on, Eddie. Thanks a bunch. Well, thanks for asking me on. And I was kind of freaked out about coming on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, you did good, man. It's all, it's all right. It's all right. You did great. And I think uh, people appreciate hearing about uh, life on the ice. But I was brave and I did it. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, man.